were talking a lot about, you know, competing in boxing at competitions when you're an amateur. And what did you think of the U.S. Olympic team and their performance? I thought they were awesome. Um, I felt like they were really able to capitalize, especially with the new um, point system they have. So they were able to capitalize off that very well. And I'm glad that they were able to get some medals. And this was the most medals that we received in some time as a whole. Uh, with Clarissa being back-to-back, the first ever American to do so. I mean, it's just, it's really good to know that the the amateur system is getting better. And it's, of course, Stevenson receiving so much attention and, you know, things like that we miss because, you know, you look at the NBA and you look at the NFL and all these guys get so much attention and credit for what they do. Not saying it's not deserving, but it would be nice to have some boxers who put their lives on the line every time they go inside the ring to get some of that same attention and, you know, we all have amazing stories as well. And, you know, you get a lot of fan base from being able to be have that attention shown to you from the amateurs and fans can go with you throughout your amateur and professional career. So that's why a lot of these guys are very successful. And I'm just happy that, you know, amateur boxing is a part of that and be able to see some of that attention as well. You know, and I couldn't agree more. And there was some chatter after the ratings were announced yesterday for the Errol Spence fight on the PBC after the gold medal game in the Olympics on Sunday, it peaked at over 6 million viewers. The average was 4.8 million. And wow. it was all this saying, boxing is dead, boxing is dead. But then you get fights like that and you get numbers like that and the numbers and you saw like with Mayweather Pacquiao and the numbers you've seen just as the, you know, with guys like Golovkin and Alvarez, guys in your weight class and, you know, and so on and so forth. And, what do you make of everyone always saying, ah, boxing's dead and it's gone, it, it, it's history? <laughs> what do you make as someone with an established name like yourself, what do you make of when the fans and you have MMA media and even some boxing pundits say the same thing? Uh, I mean, boxing has always been taking a short end of the stick. Boxing has always been the one who, out of all sports, kind of took a lot of criticism. Um, so it's, it's no different now, but, you know, boxing is one of the last, boxing is still the only original, uh, sport. You take it way back to the gladiator days, back to the, you know, the, the, the BC and all these other ancient times, boxing was always relevant. And at one point in time, boxing was the number one sport in the world, you know? So throughout time, we've been receiving uh, uh, different sports and, you know, it's shifted. So, so boxing will still remain the number one sport because throughout my, throughout my whole career, me meeting celebrities and me meeting all type of other athletes and me meeting so many other different people, everyone wants to be a boxer. Everyone wants to fight. Everyone want to know, you know, what it is to have that sweet science as a skill. So, you know, boxing is always going to be number one in my opinion, but, I still think it's always going to be, uh, in the same breath, it's always going to be scrutinized. And you look at your weight class, and you're, you know, in the middleweight division, when Hopkins was on his reign at terror, was very thin. And then you and you look at it now, you got yourself, you got Peter Quinlan, you got Golovkin, you got now even Kelbrooks Kel jumped up, you got Canelo Alvarez bouncing back and forth, you got Saunders, you got Andy Lee, you got some studs at 160 pounds. 
What do you make right now of the middleweight division? Um, the middleweight division right now is um, it's a really good division. It's, it's uh, probably the second or third best division in the whole of boxing. Uh, we have some really good names. We have some really good names. We have some really good talent. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of the sport and be a champion of the division. Now, you talked a lot about Saunders. And, you know, he turned on a fight with Golovkin. And he turned on a fight against yourself. And it seems like he's ducking a lot of the top caliber competition for one reason or another. Why do you think that is? Does it go back to that conversation we had earlier about some guys just don't want to face that top caliber uh, opposition. They'd rather take the guys that they're a level or two better than. Right. I mean, you know, I think a lot of guys, too, in the sport of boxing, is just, uh, they want to be able to capitalize off of, you know, when you receive a belt for the first time, you want to be able to see how much money you can make off that belt. And BJ being in the U.K., he's I'm sure he's a draw. Now, he's probably not the biggest draw, but he's a draw enough to where if he can fight some small guys or fight some less, uh, you know, less qualified guys, then he can still make the same amount of money opposed to fighting three Daniel Jacobs or three Triple Gs or you know guys like that. So, I mean, I, you can criticize him, you know, and, and you can judge him, but you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's just like it. it I don't know. That's a part of the reason why boxing is where it's at too. Like why it receives so much criticism because you got champions that want to kind of, you know, um, milk it. You know, but I've I've been one to always just want to get properly compensated. I never wanted to milk the game. You know, (laughs) my whole thing is if you want to, you know, like with the Cole Canelo situation, making guys come down to fifty-five. You know, in my opinion, that's milking it, and that's you know trying to. Trying, it's just disrespectful to the sport. So you still have to remain respectful to the sport. And if you're a champion, you have to act accordingly. You, know, you talk about Canelo, and I and I couldn't agree more when you go in that assessment and you go there route. And what do you make of? And I want to get your thoughts because this is obviously in your weight class. The thought, this thing, whole thing with him and Golovkin of. The fight looked like it was going to be made in September, but now it's not going to be till the following September. What do you make of that whole circle game? It seems like by Canelo Alvarez towards a guy like Gennady Golovkin. Well, I mean, I've been vocal about it before, and I've said it in interviews before where I've said I just can't respect someone like that if you're a champion and you know you're acting this way or you're having your team act this way for you. It's just when you call a guy out and you say that you know you'll get back in the ring. And put the gloves back on. We can do it now. You're fighting for the Mexican people and for the Mexican pride. Now, I don't know any true Mexican champion who are, or you know, going the same route that Canelo's going. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, culture, you know, you think about when, like, when I say Mexican boxing, like what he said, you think about the culture. Like, you know, I'm Mexican. I'm representing the Mexican people. Like, I don't know any true Mexican fighter who. You know, is going the same route Canelo is, but you know he's uh, he has a really good team behind him, and you know he's able to capitalize off the, the the fan base that he has, and he's a really good fighter. But you know, at the same time, I think he's trying to have his hands in too many pots, and is making them look bad, especially when he know he don't want to against he don't want to go against a true uh, middleweight. 
what do you make of Golovkin? You know, a lot of people say different things that, you know, he hasn't fought the truly elite when he's tried. Now, I don't know if, if you guys have ever tried to fight, but just that, that's something I really don't know, and you can clarify that for me in a moment. But it's just, you know, he's called out just about everybody, and no one wants a piece of this guy, and it seems like. And what are your thoughts on Gennady Golovkin, and has there ever been any talks of you guys getting into the, into the ring? Well, Golovkin has called me out. He actually said that uh, he'll be ready to fight me like in December or something like that. Um, so, you know, I would love to fight Triple G, but we have gotten a proposal before, and it just financially it just wasn't enough for me to, you know, grab was going there. And once you consider two of the best middleweights in the world, it just financially didn't make sense for me. Now, it's different when you say, I'll fight him. We can do it. We can do it right now, and then pull out and just say, "Hey, you know, I'm going back down to junior middleweight, and I'm going to do this." And like that seems as if you're avoiding him. Whereas my situation is a bit different because I just want to be compensated a little bit more, you know, especially with the numbers that we were given. Um, so I just want to be able to get in there with the best and get paid, you know, accordingly. Now, if now if you win coming up and then Golovkin wins his fight against Kellbrook. Is that something you're you're interested in revisiting for December? Yeah, absolutely. If the negotiations can work out to where it's in my favor financially, we can definitely do it in December. That's not an issue for me. Uh, the issue has always been making sure that, you know, I can be covered financially and it makes sense, you know. So when you talk about, you know, numbers that I just recently made, um, why are we going to revisit that again? You know, without getting into depth about it, it's just like, you know, you always want to make bigger and better uh, decisions, especially financially for your family. So, No, yeah. I, and I couldn't agree with agree with that more. And we'll circle back to the more fight. Two more questions, Daniel. Thank you for the time today. It's greatly appreciated. And what can you, what do you feel like after, you know, I'm, watching tape of the first fight, what do you feel in your mind you need to do differently this time around? That makes there's you nothing that, I don't, I, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think there's anything I need to do differently. I just think it's more so about going out there and just executing like I did before. Uh, I made one mistake uh, last time, and I think um, if I just could, if I, I mean, if anyone thought to get hit with the same shot, it's probably, it just was the luckiest, I swear <laughs> I swear to you, it was the luckiest uh, shot that Sergio Moore has ever landed in his whole entire career. And, um, you know, for me, it was a loving lesson, and it came at the right time, right before I fought a very, very big power puncher in Kid Chocolate. So it allowed me to train accordingly, you know, to make sure that, you know, I had all my defensive mechanisms intact. So Sergio Moore not being a big puncher, you know, there's still that, lack of respect that I have for him. Um, but in, in the same token, I, I still train accordingly to make sure my defense and my offense is 100%. So no matter what I feel about him as a fighter, it's going to be backed up by my training and by, you know, what I do inside the gym and how I prep myself for the fight. And how do you win on September 9th? <laughs> Daniel, are you there? I'm sorry about that. Can you say that again? Oh, no, not a problem at all. And how do you win on September 9th? How do I win? I just, 
I just be me, I guess. I just, uh, what I bring to the table, I just allow myself to maybe go in there and feel fluent and adjust if need be. But I don't look at Sergio Moore as a big threat. I feel like he's going to, um, he's going to do a little bit more running this time around, especially him knowing the power that I possess. I feel like he's going to, um, you know, he's going to be a little bit more cautious and he's going to probably want to, as he says, and I quote, take him into the later rounds and drown him. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's going to be his game plan. So we already know it's probably uh, going to be a stinker on his behalf. But, you know, I'm coming to bring in and I'm coming to do, I'm coming to hurt him, to be honest with you. This is a little bit more personal for me because of some of the antics that he's been doing online and, you know, some of the things that he said about me as a champion and all this other stuff. So for me, I'm just coming to punch him in the face and, and uh, you know, make him pay for his words. He will be defending the WBA regular, as they put in quotation marks, regular middleweight title against Sergio Mora on September the 9th, PBC on Spike TV from Writing Pennsylvania, live and only on Spike TV starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Daniel, this is your time. Give all your plugs, social media, Etc. You go right ahead, my friend. Yeah, my social media, Daniel Jacobs TKO on Twitter and Instagram and my website for my foundation as well. People can find out what I do outside the ring and my philanthropy work. Uh, our website is net, and we do a lot of stuff. We have some stuff coming up for National Cancer Survivors Month as well in September and October. So some pretty cool things. You guys can keep up with my career, and I appreciate all the support. Daniel, it's, we got to talk for a little bit, and it's been awesome. It's the first time we've chatted, and I want to thank you for so much for the time today. I do great, greatly appreciate it. The best of luck on September 9th, and we'll talk real soon. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, take care. Right. And that was the WBA. The WBA, I don't know how they got weird on the ninth out tonight. regular middleweight champion of the world, Daniel Jacobs, as he defends against in a rematch against Sergio Mora, premier boxing champions on Spike TV. This Friday night out in Pennsylvania. You can catch it at 9 p.m. Eastern. And I think he runs through. I think it runs through more. And I think he runs through more pretty handily. I don't think. What we saw in the first fight. I don't think is going to change heading into this rematch. And um, interesting words about Canelo. And we were supposed to talk to Canelo Alvarez. And there was a mix up somewhere. Because they said they called. I sat here for two hours on Wednesday and didn't get a phone call. And so we're trying to get that together. I don't know if it's going to, but there was some miscommunication on both ends and it is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to talking to Canelo. And for one reason, or another, I think there was a mix up on the time and it was supposed to be one time and then, you know, and it, I guess it was supposed to be another. And so a miscommunication on both sides. Hopefully we do get Canelo before the fight coming up next Saturday out at at AT&T Stadium. But ripped into Canelo, I don't disagree with him whatsoever. I think he was exactly right. I think Canelo bucked the system. I think he is ducking Golovkin. He want, him and his team want nothing to do with Gennady Golovkin. Or if he does want Golovkin and Oscar De La Hoya and his Golden Boy team doesn't, if I'm Canelo, I start really thinking long and hard about this matter because – your your pride is getting questioned, and being a Mexican boxer, being a Mexican in general, pride and loyalty to your culture is what you have. Mexicans are known to have fighting spirit, 
And if you're going to start going that route and and ducking guys like a Golovkin, this fight is hot right now. If you're going to make this fight, make the fight. What if Alvarez loses to Liam Smith? What if Golovkin loses the or if Golovkin loses to Kellebrook? They're both going to fight in December. What if they both lose or one of them loses? So it's it's just a it's a weird chess match, and it's, I'm gonna be very intrigued to see what goes on with it. But you can find me on Twitter, S Muehlhausen, M-M-A-S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N-M-M-A. I'll find all my stuff on sportingnews.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to iTunes. Search Fight Club Chicago. That's all you got to do. Fight Club Chicago. Subscribe. There you go. And then you'll get all the podcasts. Rate us. Give us five stars. Or I'm going to give you the five-star frog stars. So thank you so much to everybody. Thank you to Daniel Jacobs. I do greatly appreciate it. And this is Damian Milhausen, and I will see you. No, find us on Facebook. Just search Fight Club Chicago articles, interviews. Bam, here you go. It's done. Thank you to Dan- WBA regular middleweight champion of the world, Daniel Jacobs, as he rematches Sergio Mora on Friday night, which will be today out in Pennsylvania, Premier Boxing Champions on Spike TV. Definitely looking forward to that fight. I will be watching a busy weekend. You got that. You got Golovkin Brook, UFC 203. Friday, Saturday, insane. NFL on Sunday. Boom. Perfect weekend. This is Stephen Milhausen, and I'll see you at the fights.